Because it happens to all of us. Oh my gosh, I'm having flashbacks right now, honestly. (laughs) My hands are getting a little sweaty just thinking about it. I know. Yeah. Yeah, I think there are a few things that we can do. It helps us, I think, if we have a game plan going into those situations that help us, right? And even setting our kids up to succeed. Welcome back to Adventure Parenting with Grace. I am Lori Donahue, and this is the Gospel Parenting Podcast, where we will walk with you through the joys of parenting and the most painful challenges so you can rise with courage, practical strategies, and hope to parent with purpose. Have you ever been in a public place, such as a store or a library, someplace indoors with one or more of your kids? And your kids decided that they want something and they want it very, very loudly. Well, it can be pretty embarrassing and a bit humiliating if we see it from the perspective of it casting doubt on our parenting. Well, this morning, Jamie Mitchell talks to us about things like a tantrum in the store. And she actually gives us some techniques to confront this situation and how we can help avoid it from happening in the first place. She talks about techniques for ourselves to pivot from a difficult situation in our minds. And she gives us takeaways for a God-centered joy in our lives and a few new habits that could be helpful as well. If you haven't heard Jamie's first two podcasts, I suggest you go back and listen to podcast 42 and 43 to give you the background as we go into this podcast. So let's go on in and listen to Jamie now. When we set out on this parenting joy, we have a lot of expectations and they're pretty hard to meet. Our expectations are like way up here Mm -hmm. and we just think that everything is going to go the way we think it's going to go. And then we find out that it doesn't. Can we have joy in that? It's easy to know how to have joy when everything's going well, but what about when things aren't going well? Where do we, how do we find joy when things aren't the way we want them to be? Yeah, I think that's the struggle and the wrestling of every human being, right? I think that we create pictures in our head of what it's going to look like to be a parent. I remember when I was pregnant thinking, these are all the things that Dave, my husband and I are going to do and we're going to have this beautiful family and everything. And then you yell at your kid for the first time, are you? (laughs) And those dreams of the perfect family come crashing around you. And again, I think Often we set up these expectations of ourselves and of our kids that are unrealistic. And I think that those are really the things that drain us of the joy of being in the moment. And when we can recognize again that God is big enough for our imperfect family to live imperfectly and still somehow be an expression of his goodness in the world we get to live with a little bit more joy and freedom and life and expectancy for the future because the future God has is so much brighter and bigger than how we idealize things in our head. And so I think Mm -hmm. we, we actually really limit ourselves with our expectations instead of saying, yeah, if God's purpose is bigger than what I'm seeing for myself, maybe I should just submit myself to that a bit more and experience a bit more joy and freedom in my day instead Mm of trying to have the perfect house or the perfect job or the perfect kids or 
Mm -hmm. have dinner on the table at the perfect time. And it's always exactly nutritionally, exactly what my kids need. And then when our kids get old enough to start driving and eating whatever they want when they're out and everything's off the table at that point. But yeah, we set ourselves up, right? We set ourselves up to be miserable a lot of times instead of just saying this life we live is a beautiful and messy life. And God has joy for us even in the mess. Mm -hmm. And Maybe we can embrace that a little bit more and and say it doesn't have to be perfect to be good. Oh, that's really good. Oh, you're sharing so many good things with us today. Um, Let me just get practical with that point for just a minute. So you okay. have a four or five-year-old or six-year-old who just decides to throw a tantrum when you're shopping. What do you think about that? Are there any tips we could give to a parent out there who just had this happen today or yesterday? Mm-hmm or one day this week, because it happens to all of us. Oh my gosh, I'm having flashbacks right now, honestly. (laughs) My hands are getting a little sweaty just thinking about it. I know. Yeah, yeah. I think there are a few things that we can do. It helps us, I think, if we have a game plan going into those situations that help us, right? And even setting our kids up to succeed, being able to communicate with them before we go into those situations and say, I know that you are going to be great when we're in the store. And these are things that I want to see you do. I'm going to, I'm going to need your help or you're going to help me find these things or you're going to be in charge of checking things if they're old enough to read, check things off the list or good idea. um, Those kinds of little things, right? Mm -hmm. But also setting expectations and saying, if you are able to do these things, then we'll grab a couple of things that when we're at the store and we'll head to the park, right? So that there's a positive reinforcement around it for our children. But in the moment, there are times when our kids just want something and we need to say no to them. And so they throw a fit. Those kinds mm-hmm. of things are unavoidable. And so being able to have grace for ourselves in those moments be willing to take some deep breaths to calm ourselves down so that, again, I was talking earlier about being regulated, right? Getting ourselves to a place where maybe we're feeling a little less stressed out, but being able to set a boundary with our kids and say, I've already put things in the cart. Maybe they're melting down because they really want that pack of cookies or whatever that they see on the shelf. So we've already chosen all of these things that are going to be delicious for us as a family. And it's not on our list to pick that up today. So maybe we can pick that up next time. That may not stop the tantrum in the moment, right? There may be times when we just have to pick our kids up and leave, but it does communicate to our kids, like, I'm still here with you. I'm still present with you. What's really going on for you? Like being able to think to ourselves, are they tired? Are they hungry? Are there other things going on? Mm-hmm. Instead of maybe just experiencing our feelings of embarrassment or worry about what people might be thinking about us. Mm -hmm. And really be able to focus in the moment on being present with our kids in that too. So I feel like my answer maybe has been a little bit scattered. Mm -hmm. No, that was very helpful. And I don't think it was scattered. I'm just thinking about um, techniques we can use when our minds are being dysregulated Mm -hmm. and we are getting very upset because the child is embarrassing us or whatever. How can we get ourselves to pivot? Is there... Any strategy for just helping parents figure out how to pivot? Sometimes it's like the parent is feeling overwhelmed. 
How can I, as a parent, get back to being regulated? It might be hard to describe just for people who are listening, but there are actually like physiological things that are happening to us in those moments where we're dysregulated, right? There are things getting triggered in us that are like a fight or flight response. You probably have heard of the fight or flight response, right? Mm -hmm. We get heightened anxiety and basically our most basic human functions get told you're in an emergency, right? There's a bear and you need to either run from the bear or fight the bear. I do not know one person who would actually try to fight a bear, but that's what our body is going through in those moments when Mm -hmm. our kids, at least they were for me. I don't know about for you, but when my kids were young and they were throwing a fit, I could feel my anxiety increasing. Mm -hmm. I could feel my heart starting to pound. I could almost hear my heartbeat in my ears, right? I would just start to feel so tense and anxious and I needed to do something, but I didn't know what I needed to do, right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. often when we're in that place, one of the simplest and maybe one of the most valuable things that we can do, one of the gifts we can give ourselves is to just choose to breathe, to give Mm -hmm. ourselves a break and to breathe. And so sometimes that might look like leaving your shopping cart and taking your kids, putting them in the car and just standing outside the car and breathing really deeply, like doing some diaphragmatic belly breathing where you're just getting the oxygen going through your body. Because basically what that does is that when we're in that fight or flight mode, our adrenaline is pumping, right? Our body is stressed out and telling us that we need to react to the world around us. Mm -hmm. And when we do deep breathing, It oxygenates the blood, which then reduces the impact of those hormones on our body in like Mm -hmm. very simple terms. Mm -hmm. So when we can give ourselves the gift of a timeout, put our kids in the car, don't walk away, obviously, because you want your kids to be safe, but even just standing outside the car, choosing to take some deep breaths. And then from that place, after you've had a few minutes of doing that, making a rational decision. Is it worth it for me to go back in the store with my kids or should I come back in another time? But giving yourself some space to make a decision instead of feeling like you have to react to the environment that you're Mm -hmm. in. I like that. And actually in that space, you can be reminded that God is in control. I feel out of control. My kids are definitely out of control. (laughs) But God is in control. And then Mm -hmm. you can take those breaths and that's good. Yeah. 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 Thank you. That's so good. Yeah. Jamie, as we're coming closer to a close, we want to give parents a few more takeaways of what might help them. Mm. And I had a few ideas. I'll just suggest one or two. And then if you have any ideas, I don't know if you've had a chance to really think about that. So here's a challenge I had thought of for a parent is maybe to take out a note card and write Mm. on that note card. What would be a God-centered joy that they might experience and just to meditate on that and and keep God in the picture, not just a joy. Oh, Disneyland was really fun. (laughs) Disneyland can bring joy too, but a God-centered joy, like what would they describe in their life as a God-centered joy and then meditate on that and then maybe pray through it or, so that was one thought I had. Did you have any other, any other thoughts about that? Yeah, I really love that idea for multiple reasons. And one of which is, at least for me, I think a lot of the like work that I do around my faith is like preaching to my own heart, right? That what God says is actually true, that his grace is actually enough. 
And so that may look like you said, putting like a note card on your mirror in the morning that reminds you of the goodness of God in your life. It's good. I think sometimes the life of faith messages we can receive are often around like sin management and fixing ourselves. And, and yes, like there is scripture that talks about being at war with sin. But I also think that to focus on the work that God is doing and God's power over sin and the fact in Romans, it talks about how we are dead to sin. And it says it over and over and over again. We're dead to sin, but alive in Christ. And so if we can really embrace that, like how much more joy and freedom do we get to experience as a human being, but then also as a parent, right? To be able mm-hmm. to say, God is completing a good work in me. And I just get to live that out with my kids. It's not super practical necessarily, but it's something that I have had to like preach to myself throughout the years. And maybe for other people preaching to your heart, often for me, it it looks like choosing to go for a drive and listen to worship music. Having older kids, I have the benefit of being able to get out maybe a little bit more easily, but just creating quiet space for myself where I get to hear from God in different ways and proclaim his goodness in different ways, mm-hmm. I think makes a huge difference. And again, I think a lot of what we do as parents is about modeling, right? Like we we do things overtly with our kids. We teach them, but we also take opportunities to just live our life with them and they get to see how we express faith, how mm-hmm. we are enjoying God and who God is. and how that plays out in our life. That's about the most practical thing that I think parents can do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's excellent. Okay, do you have any thoughts on some new routine habit that we could do that might be helpful in the parenting journey? Yeah, this is something actually that maybe isn't even new to anybody that's listening to this, but that my husband and I found really made a difference. When we would sit around the table when our kids were younger, we would ask them for their highs and lows and we would all share those around the table. And the highs and lows are just as simple as what was a good thing that happened in your day today? And what was a hard thing that you experienced today? I think at one point we jokingly called them our yay yays and our wah wahs. That's cute. Yeah. But being able to embrace again, the fullness of their day, like Were there things that were hard for you? Were there things that brought you joy? Were there things that changed you, but that you're proud of? Being able to create space for that. And it's a little less vague than just, hey, how was your day? But what were your victories? Were there some things that you walked away from today feeling discouraged about? And and then being able to respond lovingly to their responses. Mm -hmm. I think those kinds of little routines and habits over the years start to make a big difference. Oh, it helps so much with communication. That's really good. That made me think of somebody else who would gather in a group together and say, what surprised you today? Mm. And that's just a whole another thing too. So that would be another question that would be fun. Surprised you about yourself, surprised you about God. Yeah. Yeah. And they're simple, right? Mm -hmm. They're simple questions. They don't require a ton of forethought, but they have the potential to create space for kids to reflect and then see how was God in this, right? 
That's so good. And, and maybe a third question with the high and the low could be like, and where was God in each of those things? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Jamie, we have just come to a close of an absolutely wonderful hour. I think mm-hmm. there have been so many golden nuggets that have been shared that you have enlightened that we have pulled out. And I am so grateful for you to be here today and share not only your personal experience, but your professional experience in your counseling and all. It's been absolutely excellent. Do you have just one closing thought that you want to share with our listeners? You know, honestly, the thing that comes to mind is the scripture that I've said over and over again today, but I think it's maybe one of the most important that we can embrace is people who love Jesus. And they're words that Jesus spoke over Paul and he said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. I love it. I love it. Nothing speaks like scripture. Truly. Truly. So good. All right. So Jamie, thanks so much. It has been absolutely wonderful. And I look forward to having you on again and maybe sharing another avenue of thoughts. So thank you. Thank you so much. It's really been a joy to be here with you. Good, good. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. Bye. So that concludes the podcast and our discussion with Jamie Mitchell on God-centered joy. And boy, I don't know about you, but I sure gained a more and better perspective. And I hope that for all of us, we can grow in our patience and our compassion and especially our joy in Christ. You are free to email me at any time, Lori at kidsstrengthforlife.com. Lori is L-A-U-R-I-E and the four is the number four. If you would like to be a guest on the podcast and you share the same perspective of God-centered parenting. You can really understand that perspective by going back to podcast number one. And you have something to share with our audience. Give me a call and we can talk about it. And maybe you can participate in the podcast. So thank you so much for tuning in today and always. And remember, as usual, to rest in the Lord this week. (music) 